This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif, episode number two. This is the space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy, and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I'm a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community so no one has to go through this alone, empowering each other to find our way out of burnout and overwhelm. Explore how my mindfulness and productivity systems framework can help you. Combine the energy of mindfulness with the scientific principles of habit building and your unique systems of productivity. My framework is designed to help you build clarity, design your dream life, and create your transformation. We will discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits, in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. I want to spend a little time now to discuss an important principle from many thought philosophers. I'm quoting the work of Lao Tzu, Sidney Banks, Byron Katie, Brooke Castillo, and many more while I share this. This is the core of my podcast. Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School, where I'm doing my coach certification, created the self-coaching model based on years of research and application, and I will be quoting her work in some of our discussions. So the thought model is that circumstances, which are neutral facts, can trigger our thoughts, which cause our feelings, which in turn cause our actions and ultimately cause our results. Our results are always evidence and reflects our original thought. Now, I want to say this again, because it's really important to understand this, that our feelings are coming from our thought in the moment. Our feelings are what prompts us to do certain actions, which in turn lead to our specific results. Our results are directly linked to our thoughts. It is a way for our thoughts to become reality. And over time, we develop thought patterns and our repeated actions become our habits. So we experience 40 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And most of these thoughts transiently pass through our consciousness, leaving a vague memory. We might be aware of feeling a certain emotion or find ourselves doing our habitual routines, without being aware why we do it. So most of the time, we are reacting to our environment without true consciousness, feeling powerless to change and unaware of our moment of control. However, our thoughts are just thoughts, like waves on a beach that comes and leaves. We can observe our thoughts and do nothing. Or if we want to, we can analyze them and decide how we want to act on them. Or we could not analyze it and react to them. Ultimately, we have the power to choose 
what we make our thoughts mean. This is why mindfulness is so critical to our productivity and self-actualization. As we discussed previously, having a mindfulness practice allows a window into our subconscious mind. We create awareness of what is happening in the present moment, including awareness of our thoughts and feelings, creating the awareness with intention, on purpose, non-judgmentally, and thereby gaining immediate access to our own powerful inner resources for insight and transformation. Viktor Frankl, an Austrian neurologist, psychiatrist, Holocaust survivor, and author of Man's Search for Meaning, stated, Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Mindfulness is crucial because it creates space between our thoughts and actions. By creating that moment, that pause, to reflect and consider, we choose to be in control of our mind, energy, time, and productivity. We will be exploring this further in future episodes as we consider what each moment brings, being fully present in a space of compassion and strength. And as life unfolds moment to moment, we have the chance to discover our own magic. Nothing has gone wrong. We are living our human experience and it truly is magical. I am so excited to welcome my guest today, Dr. Sharon Peters. Dr. Sharon Peters is a physician and entrepreneur with 10 years of experience in the business of outpatient medicine. Above all else, she considers herself a mother and loves spending her time outside of work with her husband and two young sons who are aged three and five years old. And as we started chatting, we found that we have so much in common, including the fact that we're both from the same place in Southern India, sharing the same language and culture. Hi, Sharon. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. So nice to be on your podcast. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it is definitely such a surprise that we're from the same small part of the world. Yes, the world is much smaller than we realize. So Sharon, I would love to hear, how do you balance being a physician, being an entrepreneur and being a mom? I'm sure our listeners would love to hear more about your journey and how you have found that balance, especially if there have been situations of burnout and overwhelm. If you could share that that would be wonderful. Sure. I certainly have a lot to share around burnout and overwhelm. You know, in childhood, I feel I didn't have too much pressure put on me. I wouldn't call it pressure exactly, but I had a lot of uh, examples in my life and, and role models who were busy, who, you know, really lived life to the fullest, both in their professional lives and in their personal lives. So I grew up in England with my grandmother, primarily my maternal grandmother and my mother and her huge family there. She was one of nine children and had tons of cousins. And there was a lot of emphasis on education, which is pretty, pretty typical for a South Indian family. And a lot of emphasis on family, growing a family, children, spending time with family outside of your individual household even. And I definitely grew up wanting to have all those things in my life. So that was, you know, early childhood influences and what really shaped my dreams and my goals. And then I moved to North Carolina when I was about 16 to live with my dad and stepmother. And they also had a very busy professional life and were 
inspirational role models in a different way. They really modeled for me how to pack your day full and find fulfillment and satisfaction in having lots of different parts of life active and pursuing many different passions at once. So, so that's my journey. And then I moved to New York from North Carolina and I went to medical school right from college up um, at New York Medical College and found a, a passion for the city and city life, all the cultural opportunities in, in the city and kind of wanted to pursue that part of my life too. You know, the last decade of life, like living in New York as a physician, building my own practice, been the busiest. And then the last five years of that, I've had my own family, my own children to consider as well. So that's my story. I, I definitely made conscious choices to pursue each of those parts of my life and each of those passions and interests. And sometimes it, it, it is a lot and it can lead to situations of overwhelm and just exhaustion, burnout, I would say mental exhaustion. But other times I feel like the luckiest person in the world to be able to have so much fulfillment in so many different areas. Yes, absolutely. You mentioned really intentionally and consciously creating and adding these elements to your life. And that's a huge part to addressing that overwhelm and sense of burnout. Because with burnout, what a lot of us have felt is that element of lack of power, lack of autonomy in making choices in our lives. So I would imagine that intentionally creating that is probably pretty empowering, right? When you were considering these choices, what were some of the challenges and strategies that you used that helped you create the space needed to add these different elements to your life? I certainly think reflection, thinking about yourself, thinking about what you love doing is really important before making any kind of decision to add anything to your life to start, you know, on a journey towards anything. I I definitely believe you you can't choose everything. You can't pursue every single interest that you've ever had. Exploring and learning more about yourself is a really important step in the process. It helps me to journal and write it out write out what I what I really love doing that particular day. So then in my times of stress, I can look back and see what is what was it that really inspired me to take this road? You know, what was I looking for? And what did I really love about the journey at that point? So I think writing it down can be helpful. When faced with a challenge, super important, I think, to uh, to keep perspective. And definitely this year has been challenging like no other for me and for many other people. Being a business owner has been just completely different from anything it's been in the past. I live in New York City at the beginning of the pandemic in late March and April. It was a lot of big uncertainties, big unknowns. New York City was the hardest hit place maybe of anywhere in the world. People were very afraid. Everything shut down and people were afraid to leave their homes. So every industry, every business owner, including medicine, even as essential as it is, uh, had to adjust and had to figure out what next steps were. And there was a lot of talk at that time that, you know, New York City would would never exist again, you know, it would never reopen. And, and it was a lot to process. And I think one thing that really helped me back then at that moment, when it felt like a lot was to focus on gratitude and take a moment to reflect on gratitude every day. So I started for the first time beginning my days with just a five minute reflection on the small wins that I had that day or that week, and the things that I was so thankful for that many other people were without at that moment. Really helpful just as a person, but also as a, a business owner and a physician and as a mother too. So I definitely think that was one really helpful tool. You bring up so many great thoughts to explore. One, this thought that we can do it all. And if we can't balance it, then it's because there's something wrong with us. Instead of really exploring what is humanly possible. So 
There are 24 hours in a day and 168 hours in the week. There is only so much that we can do. There's only so much we can do within that time period. And being conscious of what we say yes to, as well as what we say no to, is so important in making sure that we don't create that overwhelm in our own life. So I think that's a great point. And I also love the idea of using tools such as journal, using gratitude and reflection as a way to build connection internally. And even gratitude journaling, all of these are great tools in helping us address overwhelm, address the struggles with what's going on externally with our world, as well as internally within us, and ultimately addressing the burnout that so many of us experience in this world. So I love these as strategies. What about being a working parent? That must be a different element of change. And as you have gone on to have children and as they're growing older, how has that been? And how have you intentionally created that space for you? Absolutely. So it's a, it's a different world being a mother versus pursuing a career and a personal life. Being a mom is for me was a, a big adjustment and a big life change and perspective change. And I think that letting go of the need for it to be perfect, I think, was the first thing that really helped me feel good about my role as a mother and has also helped me a lot at work and in my personal life. And it really, it mirrors very closely the way I feel about being an entrepreneur. I've come to believe that failure is as big and important a part of the journey as success. And so as we go through our days, I really try very hard to value failure and to see it as something that I should expect for a certain percentage of the time, and I'm not afraid of, and come back to this idea that my job and my role is to bring the passion and the inspiration and to show up consistently. And if any piece doesn't work the way that it needs to, I need to take my learnings from that and try something else. So that mindset has really helped me in my business career for sure. And then it absolutely works in my role as a mom too. It really makes me focus on the now and focus on the things I can control and the things I can do and not waste time in regret or beating myself up or just wanting it to work out perfectly. So it's a process just like everything in life, just like your um, personal world and your work world and your world as a parent is also a work in progress. That's the first really big mindset change that I think helped me as a parent. And then I got some great advice from my pediatrician when I had my first child. She was a working mother for 25 years. And this is all from her personal experience. I thought it was wonderful. She advised me to carve out time to be fully present with my kids every day. So rather than feeling like you have to manage it all and juggle it all at the same time, she encouraged me to carve out a special space where I could be completely dedicated to that one task or that one part of my life. And then... She asked that I really try to focus on quality because as a working parent, you can't be there the most. You can't spend the most number of minutes every day with your child, but you can focus on knocking out of the park on the quality of your time and interactions. And that's what's most important, I, I believe, at least. And then she advised just taking like five minutes for myself every day, even if it was only five minutes that I could spare, just detaching from work, not running straight from clinic straight home to address all the problems there. It was, you know, at least taking a walk around the block, listening to a song or something that could be just for me every day. That really helped um, clear my mind. 
And the other piece was using all the hacks. So if there's something that can be bought prepackaged or pre-prepared, there's no shame in it. So using the shortcuts as much as you can. And the last piece that was advice from several different places was to talk to my kids about my work every day, because it really is something I, I see as something valuable that I can bring to their lives. Talk about my work journey and my work experiences and kind of build their understanding of what it means to have a lot of different parts of your life going at the same time. And I take a lot of value from that, that exchange, and, and I feel that they do. So I feel it makes me better on the work front and better on the home front at the same time. There's so much valuable advice and tips in what you've shared. And especially as a recovering perfectionist, what you said about letting go of the need to be perfect that really rang so true for me. We create these expectations, and as you know, expectations can be infinite. We might never get to that place where we feel or think, okay, yeah, that's good enough. So really exploring and understanding what is enough and what is okay for us to try is so, so important. And I'm so glad that you mentioned about mindset because the mindset around failure is that that's a problem. Nobody wants failure. But the central part of the journey is that it is okay to fail. And that is such a beautiful mindset shift. Thinking of failure as part of the journey makes it okay for us to try different things and see what works, what doesn't work, without feeling like we always have to be doing it the right way every time. The other thing that you'd mentioned that really resonated with me was focusing on what you can control and letting go of the things that really we can't. Just being fully present in the moment. It's one of the biggest struggles that I've had in my own journey. There were things that I just couldn't let go. And I would think about work when I'm at home and think about home and what's going on at home when I'm at work. So having that space of separation is a beautiful piece of advice and so valuable to everyone who's listening. And especially being a new mom, new parent, or having a a transition in life, a new career change, new business owner, etc. During all of these times, it is so important to create that space for us to have to transition between our roles. It creates the space for us to be fully present. And these are all amazing life hacks. And you're so right. There's no shame. Shame, blame, and guilt does not belong in our lives. Shame, blame, and guilt has never done anything productive. So there is no shame in using all the shortcuts and life hacks that we can find, learning from each other and sharing our journey. Because if there is something that can make our life easier, why not? Why do we have to live it much more difficult than it has to be? So with all of these tools that you use to balance your life, how do you find time for yourself? What are some strategies that you do to take all of these hats off that you're wearing or wear at different times and create some time for you? And what do you do during those times? Well, I will say I don't get a ton of time, just alone to myself, me time. But I do try to take at least that five minute break between work and home. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Often after the kids are asleep, I take my time by myself. Sometimes end up staying up a little later than I want to just to have that quiet, completely alone moment. And journaling has been a a really a new hobby for me. I wasn't a big journaler when I was a a younger person, but I I definitely find it helps me to write it down. It helps me to finish my thought completely and helps me to to be able to look back at last week, what I was thinking and reading. I read the news. 
things. I read things, you know, I make conscious choices about things that I find inspiring and uplifting other people's stories. Yeah, I think that definitely contributes to, to my quality of life. Absolutely. I love the journey as well. I think it's such a great tool for us to build self-awareness and mindfulness, both within ourselves and what's going on externally. So I think that's a great tool. Being really conscious of what we choose to fill our time with is so important. And sometimes we get into that phase of being a passive consumer of time and what's going on externally versus being truly engaged and active in how our time is used. So that's such a great tool to both create self-care and create time for yourself. So one of the questions that I get asked all the time is, what has changed? We've made all of these changes with COVID-19 and changes that are inherent with living through a pandemic. Is there anything that you've learned in the last year that has changed your life? I would say in the last year, for the first time, I've had to deal with some personal loss. That was hard. I think, you know, it really contributed to my feeling of burnout early on in the pandemic. I lost a close relative, like a father figure to me, and he was overseas in England. And it was very hard for me to process and keep moving. I think it really triggered that process I was talking about earlier to start my day with gratitude and incorporate that into my day every day. And I learned how useful that is for the first time. Focusing on what you have, focusing on what you are gaining every day really helps to offset a lot of the things that we can't control, a lot of the things that we, we inevitably lose and fail at. I think that was my biggest learning for 2020. I'm so sorry for your loss. I think that has been one of the struggles that I've heard and experienced. In the past, if we were to lose a loved one or if a family member was having a struggle, there has so many Many ways that we can connect and help and grieve and cope, seeing each other, being together in social environments that are supportive in our grieving process, being with family, being with friends. But with the pandemic, it's been the social isolation that has been the hardest part about the grieving process. And I've had friends who, as you'd shared your story, very similar. They've had loss with family members overseas and they could not go back home. They could not be a part of the rituals that we typically associate with losing a loved one, with the connection. And that has been incredibly difficult. And at the same time, you have to keep going on. Life goes on and there's so many continued expectations. Life has sort of shifted to a different level through the pandemic and coping with isolation while you're going through a loss has become much, much more difficult because you're trying to fulfill all of these expectations, which are exhausting mentally, emotionally, physically, while at the same time coping with loss and completely isolated, which is incredibly difficult. For sure. Actually, something that helped me specifically with that loss and in this context like you mentioned of not being able to have a normal rituals that we have around passing so funeral process being around loved ones gathering together in the context of missing that I think it was very important to connect with other people that I know however I could so virtually phone calls things along those lines I also got the advice to imagine that the person that you've lost or that you're grieving or that you're missing is, is sitting with you and try to piece together what they might say to comfort you. So I thought that was a, it, it really helped me a lot. 
and kind of got me out of my own head because when you sit with your own thoughts and you don't have all those normal processes to engage and process a loss, I, I found that to be a really helpful way to not be alone with it. Thank you for sharing that. That is really helpful. And as we all struggle to process loss through the isolation, all of the thoughts and feelings through the pandemic, your advice will be very helpful. So let's say, for instance, that time travel was real, which I would love, but let's say time travel was real and you could go back in time, perhaps five or 10 years ago. What is one piece of advice that you would like to give to your younger self? I would say try it all. Try as much as you can learn as much as you can. In reflecting, I did do a lot of learning and trying new things in my 20s, but I now have the perspective that really shows how valuable that was. And I wish that I had known how important it was at the time and done as much as I possibly could. So getting to know yourself, getting to know what you what you like, what you're good at, what, what makes you excited is definitely a process. And it's something that you should put time in. And if you can support a young person anyway, I think it should be like supporting them in, in doing that and finding out who they are and what they want. I love that. You know, having that curiosity about what could be acceptable. That failure is just as important, right? And as you had mentioned earlier, failure is just as important as success. And expressing curiosity and trying different things in their journey so they can really know who they are and what's important to them. What would help them move forward? I think a lot of times we think being younger, we shouldn't make any mistakes. You know, our thought is, how do we do this so we don't make any mistakes? And really, we should be encouraging to make as many mistakes as you want when you're younger. It's the perfect time to do it. At any part of our life, mistakes are fine. It's part of growing and learning and moving forward. So I think that's an amazing piece of advice. If any of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you and know more about you, where can they find your information? I'm on Instagram, my personal account, so Dr. Shireen Peters and practice account, Bethany Medical Clinic of New York and share some slightly different information between the two sites. I love to connect on social media, so reach out. We have a practice website, www.bmcofny.com. We're a group of primary care medical clinics in New York City, but really our mission is to just promote health globally. Thank you so much. I'll include that information in the show notes as well. So everyone will have a chance to connect with you and get to know you more. I really appreciate the time that you spent with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. With our listeners, I'd love to share a few special events that are coming up. There will be a Building Your Transformation webinar on January 30th. 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where seven physician coaches will be spending three hours sharing the magic of transformation, as well as a chance to experience what coaching would be like in a very small group space. There's also a webinar on February 6th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on how to break through procrastination. So if there's anyone who's been looking for transformation or looking to break through procrastination, I encourage you to go to my website, serenitywellnessmd.com to find more information on how to register and participate in this. You can also reach me at Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at Serenity Wellness MD on Instagram. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. 
I would love to hear from you. If you have a story to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone again. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.